I'm Carlos Virgen, and this is The Storyline, produced by The Day in New London, Connecticut. Montville Public Schools have been in the headlines recently. Foremost is the news that a former Montville High School substitute teacher was allegedly encouraging or at least allowing slap-fighting bouts in the classroom, and it appears that some administrators did not follow reporting rules. Ben Kale joins me to talk about the timeline of events and possible repercussions in Montville. And Martha Shanahan spent an afternoon at L&M Memorial Hospital as a terminally ill woman and her fiancé took part in a ceremonial wedding. So tell me what is going on or what has been going on at uh, the Montville High School, the Montville Public School System. So on April 12th, a substitute teacher named Ryan Fish was arrested uh, by state police for allegedly supervising, uh, refereeing uh, classroom slap boxing uh, bouts in the middle of his math class. A week later, three top administrators in the district were charged with failing to report suspected abuse under the state's mandated reporters law. Uh, This is a law that says that uh, mandated reporters, such as teachers, administrators, guidance counselors, coaches, must alert either the Department of Children and Families, um, forgive me, the Department uh, of Children and Families, or police within 12 hours. Um, As soon as they have reasonable cause to suspect or believe that a child has been abused or neglected or placed in imminent risk of harm. Back in October... Um, a Board of Education member, Colleen Ricks, sent a video of a fight to the superintendent, Brian Levick. Uh, that video had, uh, had a fight inside the classroom that you can clearly see a person who seems to be an authority with an ID badge, and multiple people identified him as Ryan Fish, uh, laughing off to the side near the classroom door at one point while students are slapping each other. He goes near a desk where there's a trash can and he moves a trash can uh, away from the fighters. Several students are standing, at least you know, half a dozen students are standing with cell phones up, uh, shooting video uh, of the incident. Some students are sitting, uh, just watching the events unfold where one student is clearly slapping another and they go back and forth, uh, slapping with open fists. So how did we, the day, find out, and when did we find out about this? We initially found out about the fights when we heard about the arrest through state police of Mr. Fish. Um, I received a tip that a substitute teacher had been arrested uh, that morning. Um, So when he was was arrested, we knew, we already knew why. We knew knew that it was related to fights back in October. Right. So the timeline of events, this teacher was a substitute at um, Montville High School. He, at some point, starts allowing these slap fights, as they've been called. Uh, There's a video, at least one video, possibly more videos. There's definitely more than one. More than one videos are circulating. Administration, at some point, um, finds out about it. They don't do what is required. It's... Yeah, it's alleged that they did not alert authorities at all, either DCF or police. And, and you said that there's a, like a 12-hour window? 
Yeah, within 12 hours of even suspicion right. of abuse or neglect, uh, it doesn't need to be a certainty. Right. That's according to DCF. Uh, you're supposed to alert DCF or authorities within 12 hours. Right. And, and so the, the substitute teacher was arrested uh, how, uh, how long after um, the administration was uh, found out about it? Several months after. Several months after. He, he was fired within four days of the superintendent being notified. Gotcha. Uh, he was, the superintendent found out about it October 6th. Mm-hmm. He was fired by the superintendent on October 10th, four days later, after the superintendent sent videos to um, the principal and asked to confirm that it was indeed him in the videos and that the fighting was indeed at a Montville High School classroom. Right. So he was fired very relatively quickly, one would say, but at no point were authorities alerted by uh, school administrators. Police didn't find out until a DCF social worker um, alerted a SRO, a school resource officer, that there was a student who alleged that he was beaten up and robbed uh, by students at the high school. Uh, DCF got wind of the case in December, so it was several months before anybody found out about it who was an actual authority. So in the arrest warrant affidavit for Fish, shows the interviews with the administrators, which are uh, Brian Levake, the superintendent, Jeffrey Theodos, the principal of the high school, and Tatiana Patton, the assistant principal. And the interviews with police show whether or not they uh, contacted authorities, which they did not. Hmm. Um, it was a week after Fish was arrested when they uh, turned themselves in uh, to state police for not reporting to DCF for police. And um, so you continued investigating, uh, including uh, you submitted an FOI request for communication between the administrators, teachers, et cetera, right? What did we find out and how long? Can you, maybe you could explain a little bit about why you or a reporter would make a, a request, a freedom of information request. Sure. We were curious to see whether or not the administrators were being accurate and truthful with us in terms of how they found out about the fights. The timeline of the, it all. The right. timeline right. of it all. We had one administrator, uh, the superintendent, say that he was only aware of one of the fights, that he did not report it because he believed it only was one incident that he saw a couple of videos of, but it didn't reach the level he thought at the time of contacting authorities. He believed that he handled the matter appropriately by firing Fish mm. relatively quickly. We also were curious to see whether or not other administrators maybe knew about events earlier. So we did a freedom of information request for all communications between the administrators and police or others surrounding Fish's firing. Uh, we did that the day after he, uh, Fish was arrested. Uh, we received it maybe a week later. Um, that, that FOI response shows that it was a board member, Colleen Ricks, who on the night of October 6th sent a video to Levesque, and that started the chain of events that led to Fish's firing. Right. Beyond that, does it show anything about the contact with the law enforcement and all that? Yeah, the, the, at no point during the uh, email chain, during the emails exchanged between the administrators, did uh, anybody discuss police. Right. In the arrest warrant affidavits for the administrators, they talk about how they briefly discussed uh, contacting DCF. The assistant principal says that that came up as a topic but didn't go anywhere. 
Jeffrey Theodos, the principal, says that he asked Mr. Levesque whether or not police should be contacted. Levesque told him no. That's according to Theodos, right. what he told police. But Levesque, again, maintains that he only knew of one incident, while others in the school district may have known about more. More videos were found uh, of other fights that Levesque did not know about. Um, the emails exchanged that we received in the FOI request show that Tatiana Patton, the assistant principal, on the day that Fish was fired, she knew of at least two fights, but that information doesn't show that it went all the way up the chain of command to Levesque. Either way, state police, DCF, they don't care about the number of fights in this case. They charged Fish, he faces multiple charges regarding risk of injury to a minor, and they, they believe that no matter when the administrators knew of the incidents or how many there were or how severe they were, the one fight alone was severe enough. They should have contacted authorities, according to police. So let's talk a little bit about Ryan Fish as a substitute and maybe um, generally about what uh, qualifications are needed to be a substitute in, in Connecticut. Uh, what do we know about um, uh, Fish's background, his, uh, you know, whether or not he's got a, a degree or a teaching certificate? Sure. So Fish is 23, lives in Basra. His mother, Cheryl Fish, is a math teacher at the high school also. Fish went to Sacred Heart University. Uh, he graduated in May 2017. He has a degree in philosophy. I think he minored in psychology. He served as a tutor, a philosophy tutor and logic tutor at Sacred Heart for a few months in 2015. And then in 2017, between April and June, he was a substitute at Montville High Algebra for about 20 days, I believe, according to school officials um, and his resume. He, uh, so he had the, had the degree. Bachelor's degree is the minimum requirement in the state of Connecticut for being a substitute. That degree does not need to be in education. Right. You do not need to be a certified teacher in order to be a sub. Right. Statewide, it's interesting, the State Department of Education tells me there's, there's not a shortage of substitutes right now, but there is a shortage of teachers overall. But locally, when I talk to superintendents, they say it's hard to find qualified subs. Hmm. You can be a substitute without a degree. Right. Now, you need to have some experience working with kids, uh, you're a coach or a camp guy right. or a daycare perhaps, but you need to apply for a waiver and there's more than a hundred uh, subs throughout the state that have done that the last couple of uh, last couple of years. And as far as we know, Ryan uh, Fish had some experience working with kids. He did. He yeah. did both at Sacred Heart and and at Montville. Yes, I'm Robert Mitchell. I'm the chair of the Montville School Board, and I just have a brief statement. As you can imagine, we are hours into a storm and we are just beginning the legal process to get us to the next step. That process begins shortly as our school board meets in executive session tonight. We expect that our legal counsel will be advising us on what we have to do legally as well as what our options are moving to move the district forward. What has been the feedback from uh, the school board in, in, in Montville, what have they, they said as a res result of all this going on? The school board honestly has not said much about it. Hmm. They have said it's essentially a personnel matter, that they cannot discuss it, that they will review it. Uh, they've had several meetings where, hold on, let me, I apologize, yeah, let me back up. Yeah. The school board honestly has not said much about it. They say it's a personnel matter that they will need to review policies, that they will need to review personnel decisions going forward, but they're not talking about it much at all.
the board unanimously uh, just the other night appointed Lori Palin, uh, acting superintendent, filling in for Brian Levick. Palin has been there for in the district for about 20, 25 years. She was the former assistant superintendent. She is not part of the investigation, according to the school district. Her name did not turn up in the email exchange. It was led largely by Levesque, uh, Theodos, and Patton. The community reaction has been, frankly, the story has rocked the community. Right. Uh, it has shaken the community. There's a mix of reactions. Some folks on social media, some folks uh, who turned up at the Board of Education meeting on Tuesday night have said that this story is overblown. Uh, they say the media has blown it up more than it should mm. be because of the words fight club right. that were referenced by Tatiana Patton in her arrest warrant affidavit. There were four fights, by the way, that uh, Fish admitted to uh, at least having in his class. Right. Certainly several people who say right. yeah. that the school district has made the right move by placing these people on leave. Right. People are Several people are worried about their kids being safe in the schools. Palin has instituted or scheduled uh, more mandated reporter training. The attorneys for the district will go over that training with administrators to give them a better sense of where that line is in terms of does this activity, whatever it may be, cross the threshold where it needs to be reported to DCF or authorities automatically. Um, right now, whether or not people are out adequately trained is certainly up for debate, and she's certainly instituting new training right. based on these recent events. Um, and then also, uh, in an unrelated event, uh, there was another um, uh, staff member from the high school that was placed on administrative leave? Yes, Phil Orby, who was right. the baseball coach uh, at Montville for a long time, and then athletic director, I think, since 2015. He was placed on paid leave... I want to say a few days ago, uh, Monday, actually, right. which is the day that uh, students came back from spring break. That's right, yes. He was placed on leave due to a completely unrelated incident to the alleged fights that were supervised by Fish. He was apparently placed on leave because of comments he made to a student. Right. And according to him, the comments were about a backpack that he told a kid he shouldn't be wearing. Uh, in the halls, always, just based on school policy. Right. He made a comment uh, to the to the kid, you know, what do I need to do uh, to get you to not wear the backpack anymore? Right. And the final comment he made was, you know, do I need to throw you down the hallway? Right. And he said this, according to him, in jest, but that was, and the, according to him, again, the student who, was, who he said it to was not offended and didn't report it or anything, but it, the conversation was overheard in a nearby classroom, and then... Then, then a teacher found it inappropriate and then reported it up the chain. Right. And this happened apparently a few weeks ago, um, but happened to be reported recently. And on attorney's advice, Palin placed Orby on leave. And he thinks that uh, while he takes uh, responsibility for not, for, he shouldn't have said what he said, he says that the scrutiny and the, the paid leave do not... Uh, do not match up with what what happened. What actually happened. So what's next uh, for Montville High School? So at the high school, Heather Sangramango, who was the Palmer Building principal, is now the acting principal, replacing Theodos. 
Jason Daly, who I think was the assistant principal at Tile Middle School, is also helping out to fill in for Orby, who's on leave. And all of this is happening right in the middle of budget season. You know, Levesque for the last several months has been prepping a budget. Tonight, Thursday at 6 p.m., there's a budget hearing where the public can weigh in on the budget that he prepared. Uh, it remains to be seen how the board is going to handle the personnel decisions going forward. Um, in terms of the criminal case, Fish is due back in court, Norwich Superior Court, May 3rd, and the three administrators are due back in court on May 9th. Another thing, too, the State Department of Education... They say that when it comes to administrators and teacher certifications and qualifications that they need, all of those types of decisions pend are, are pending. They follow these cases. So if somebody is charged or convicted of some of these crimes, they can they can they lose they, they can lose their license. Huh. Yeah, lots of lots at stake. Well, thank you. Thank you. John and Charlene, since it is your intention to marry, now joining hands, bind yourselves to each other as husband and wife. Sean, if you would look at your wife and repeat after me. I, Sean, take you, Charlene, to be my wife. And I promise... Tell me uh, about um, your visit to L&M yeah. Hospital yesterday. You spent some time with... Uh, yeah, so the folks at the hospital reached out to us um, uh, because this couple who um, had decided to get married um, because the the now wife um, named Charlene Moosey um, had been in the hospital for a couple weeks um, and had decided that she, with her doctors that um, she, her pancreatic cancer had progressed to a point where she, they were, um, I think the way that the, the nurse phrased it was they were, she was going to progress to the dying stage. Um, so that just basically means that she's, she was going to end treatment and this, she and her, um, longtime partner, uh, and long, by long time, I mean like decades and they had, they had kids together and they right. had, they've been, they've been living together f- for, for a long time and they've known each other known, known each other since they were um little kids so uh they had tr- sort of tried to plan weddings and get married over the years and sort of things just kept getting in the way um they, they had various family situations happening people got sick or or family members died and they um it didn't really make sense for them to get married um, at any of the points when they had planned. So, um, this was kind of a, you know, it was a long time coming, but it was also that they had to plan it really quickly. They, they sort of did it. The, the unit that she's in, um, is where there are a lot of people in hospice care. Um, or it's the, the main place where people in hospice, are in the hospital um and so the nurses there had planned weddings like this before for similar reasons so they sort of um jumped into action um as soon as they they told them that they were interested in having a wedding there and um they and they did a great job you know they 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 found a dress um 
Uh, Charlene said that she wanted something, I think, lacy, but not too blingy. So they right. managed to, to accommodate that. Um, they put flour, they got flowers and cake and everything. Right. Um, and the hospital has a chaplain who came and did a, a Catholic sort of service um, right. because they're, they're both Catholic. Um, but not a legal marriage. Right. Yeah, right. no. They, so they, so, uh, for whatever reason, they decided they weren't going to, it, and it wasn't, you know, that, that was one of my questions right. was, is this sort of something that will make it easier legally or financially, um, after she passes away? And it wasn't really about that. It was more of a sort of, they wanted to, um, sort of finally have a, the ceremony that they'd been hoping to do for, for all these years and, and sort of, they, they called it a spiritual, um, ceremony. So it was, it was sort of more of, of a symbolic, right. um, symbolic thing. Um, and who, so who was there? A lot of people. They, um, yeah, it was impressive. They managed to get quite a crowd for a wedding that was planned in sort of under 24 hours. Right. And it was um, one, in one of the, in her, pa- or in her room, yeah, in the hospital room. Yeah. She was in one of the bigger rooms, okay. um, on the floor. Um, so they fit a few people there. The, um, they had two, they have two sons, um, who came and, um, she has, Charlene had some pretty good friends from work and some of Sean's family members were there. Um, Charlene's parents were there, um, who live with them in, in Pocketuck. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it's not a, it's, it's not a everyday thing. It's kind of a, it's a, you know, it's something that is kind of a part of life on that specific unit of the hospital. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was just a sort of a nice little glimpse into some of the, you know, in, in a, in a unit where they don't get a lot of happy stories and, you know, it's not, um, there's not usually a lot of reasons to celebrate there they they did manage to put together a pretty good party and um sparkling cider and cake cake and yeah a little bit of music um uh and yeah it was nice i mean obviously it's a bittersweet um situation but um yeah they were surrounded by a lot of people and a lot of doctors and nurses um charlene's um oncologists came and you know there were nurses from the unit that they've only known them for the last couple of weeks that they've been in the hospital um but they all they all stopped by um it was nice yeah it it was good had you ever done anything like that um that's a good question no i don't not anything specifically like that um that the that that kind of story is kind of you know it's not the most emotionally easy thing to do to right. story to write but uh, from a you know f- from a practical point of view it's it's pretty easy i mean it's pr- pretty straightforward um and you know it, and i'm really grateful that every, everyone there was so honest and open and willing yeah. to talk to me um, you know, not everyone would be, would be so willing to sort of share that kind of moment in their really life with moment, the, yeah. yeah, with the, with the newspaper. Um, but they were totally fine with having me and, and Sarah, the photographer, um, in the room there. Um, and yeah, everyone there was just pretty, pretty happy to, to, to chat and tell, tell us about, you know, what sort of that moment meant for them. Um, 
Yeah, and Sean, the husband, said that he, um, you know, they they sort of have already been referring to him themselves as husband and wife for a while. So, and he said, you know, we don't we don't need a piece of paper to to prove anything. You know, they've been living together for all these years, and they've you know basically you know for all intents and purposes been right. married right. Um, for a while. But I think it was important for them to sort of have that wedding even it wasn't the most traditional wedding that they you know be able to do that and for her parents to be there i think that was really nice as well and for both of their for the for their kids to be there and then and she had done they had done a similar kind of ceremony for her one of her Mm -hmm. son's graduation yeah so the young their younger son um jordan is a senior at stonington high school and he uh, was able to to come, to have a graduation um, the day before the wedding, and you know he dressed up in the cap and gown, and and the and people from the administration at Stonington High School came and sort of officiated his. Um, I'm not sure if he actually officially graduated, but they had the whole ceremony and they played the graduation song and right. um, <laughs> and all that. So um, yeah, so I th- I think they really appreciated that as well, and it was it was nice to see and um i didn't i didn't get to talk to him that much but they definitely both both he and his brother definitely were seemed you know happy to be able to see their mom get married the lord be kind and gracious to you the lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace today tomorrow and forevermore amen ladies and gentlemen it is my great privilege and honor to introduce to all of you today, for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. Sean and Charlene Moosey. 